Inside Westminster, Chapter 259, Cat with Nine Lives. Why did they persist in this unedifying, tricksy game with the media? Every little statement, every simple assertion was bound to have been analysed, researched, questioned by some fanatic or other. And so the Winchesters' attempt to cover up their original request for Met Police security should they ever deign to visit the shores of this great nation and their threat to take the Home Office to court. If their request were denied, became the talk of the media. Prince Rupert had hastily added a belated PS to his formal request slash threat, offering to, of course, pay for the privilege of top-level security. That's the point of privilege, his father, Prince Edmund, said to his long-suffering wife, Annabel. It can't be bought. Try not to fret, Annabel had replied. Only now we have our own crosses to bear. By the way, where is that dastardly man, Finch? Not sure, though he knows he can use any of our Scottish bolt holes if the heat gets too much, the prince replied. Could it end up with a prison sentence? asked the ever-practical Annabel. The prince noticeably shivered, as though Matthew Finch, his former and longest-serving personal valet, had walked over his grave. I honestly don't know, quavered the prince, and I'm not sure Finchy could handle that, were it to be the case. Look, we're nowhere near that, soothed Annabel. Let's take a spin round the garden to clear our heads. Steve Cannon had called his compatriot of no less than three grand establishments, his alma mater, Eton, Oxford, and then Downing Street, many things, Grease Piglet and Cat with Nine Lives amongst them. Both endearments were holding true, as, added to the distraction of the four-pronged named storms blasting all corners of the UK, came the ever-so-handy threat of an apocalyptic war in Eastern Europe. Just in time to save that dastardly Trudge Jones's skin, laughed Cannon, over a romantic date night with his wife, Alexandra, at their favourite Italian. Alex could never bring herself to be mean about anyone, and her reply put her husband firmly in his place. I don't know, she mused. I feel quite sorry for the man. Cannon spluttered into his lobster bisque, sending splatters onto his wife's newly made dress, causing a bit of a fuss amongst the waiters who had offered clean cloths with which to dab away any excess liquid. Oh well, Alex said, wasn't sure I really liked this creation anyway. Cannon groaned under his breath as he knew how hard his lovely had been working to create, establish and then hold on to her fashion business. Fortunately, they'd whistled up a string of wealthy backers for Alex and there was always the bank of Ma, her Ma and Pa, who he knew would never let their darling daughter suffer, either financially or otherwise. For the hundredth time, he thanked the Lord that he'd never been ensnared by a Swinton Eagle type, many of whom had floated through his earlier life. Good fortune, he'd often said, to his once-upon-a-time Chancellor, who'd had to wait till middle age and a second attempt at finding mar marital happiness. And then the news blasted forth. Putin had, indeed, launched his threatened and unprovoked attack on his neighbouring sovereign state. Why? 
another megalomaniac hiding the crises within his own country by causing uproar outside of it. Genius, drawled Trump, who'd, li- have, who'd have liked to have pulled that, such a stunt himself, preferably on all the numbskulls who'd insulted him by not voting for his party in that last sham of a US election. Melania just yawned and turned over. She'd fallen asleep on their enormous sofa, watching some inane series to which her husband was addicted. So his words fell on deaf ears, which was fortunate as the owner of those beautifully perfect pair would have been shocked at the spouter's mad rhetoric. There again, she'd known for a long time that her husband possessed more than a streak of insanity. That, along with other unique qualities of unforgiving pitilessness for whomever crossed him. She smiled inwardly, knowing that she was the perpetrator of the biggest betrayal of all. It was that gorgeous honed hunk, Tony, who graced her bed, not the rotund, aged creep of a husband, it seemed. It seemed to work, and Trump tactfully left his wife in peace. She was his biggest asset, as every man envied him for having this ravishing beauty on his arm, and all couldn't work, and all couldn't help wondering how he did it. Well, he didn't, but that was their little secret. Ptolemy Trudge Jones realised how Lady Luck had shone on him again, had shone on him yet again. With any luck, Partygate will be swept away with the tidal wave of Ukraine and will disappear under the carpet where it belongs, he'd said to Mandy. I'll be on an all-nighter tonight, as it's the big speech tomorrow. Wish me luck. Mandy was in no mood for her husband's light-heartedness. Nothing seemed to get him down, not even her proposed banishment to checkers by that Aussie fuckwit Sir Hilary Nash. How dare he? She'd been haranguing Potty ever since this Aussie's appointment as yet another freelance advisor and was hoping against hope that Nash would sod off back to Down Under. Perhaps the prospect of all-out war in Europe might send him scuttling had been her single thought since the war tragedy had started to unfold. Look, dearest, Potty had been saying, it's for the best. Your ma and pa love checkers and they can stay as long as they as they want. But don't forget not to let them go potty with the gin. It's all on my flick. Drat your flick, Mandy had retorted, adding caustically, I'm worth it if it means Mumsy's in a better mood and not permanently cross with me. With the arrival of two sprogs in quick succession, Potty had got used to being sleet-starved, so sailed through the long quiet hours of that Thursday morning, writing, writing his war speech. His long-for Chilean moment seemed to have arrived, and all the other nuisance guff in his life seemed to have evaporated into a mere nonsense nothingness. Feeling the weight of history on his shoulders, he shot a prayer heavenwards in the hope that one of the gods, he didn't care which ancient Ombodden would do, could find it in their heart to gift him yet more luck. Like a cat with nine lives, Potty chuckled to himself as he carefully crafted and numbered the pages of this, his momentous chance to reprieve the detritus of his reign so far and go down as one of the great prime ministers of this ancient and historic nation. And he'd managed to learn one vital lesson from the many bollocks he'd dropped in his political life, and that was ever since his ghastly and embarrassing CBI speech, 
to number the pages of his speeches so that if someone dropped the file containing the wor- his words of wisdom, they could be swiftly reassembled in the correct order. 